You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, Lou Wasserman. I look into the bathroom mirror and a bearded, sad-looking man stares back. What is it about the combination of beards and sadness that goes so well together? It's like the tears flowing down your cheeks make the beard grow especially lush. There's something comforting about a sad beard, too. It's like you're expressing something. Resignation, perhaps. Plus, it makes you feel a part of an illustrious tradition of sad-bearded men who have come before. Men like the older, fatter Jim Morrison, the bedridden Brian Wilson, and the spider-holed Saddam Hussein. I telephone my friend Mary. Men have beards, I say. What do women have for their sadness? Much of our sadness is caused by men's beards, she says. So we have razors. Before we get off the phone, Mary invites me over for dinner, and I accept. She advises me to shave the beard before coming over, though. There's already enough sadness in the world, she says. Over at the house, while Mary cooks us dinner, I make conversation with her ten-year-old, Helen. Helen is also my goddaughter. Ever notice how the word bed actually looks like a bed, I ask? Not the word pillow, though, Helen says. And what's up with pimentos, I ask, picking up an olive from the plate on the coffee table. What are they, anyway? They're red, Helen says, keeping up her end of the conversation. Where do you think pimento trees grow, she asks. I don't know, I say. Maybe inside olive trees. Stop filling my daughter's head with garbage, Mary says, walking into the living room and putting down a tray of cheese and crackers. And do me a favor and please go into the bathroom and shave your beard already. It's unsanitary. I run my hand across my cheek in a way I hope looks thoughtful and scholarly. People have been telling me it makes me look intellectual, I say. It makes you look like a hostage, Mary says, leaving the room. Mama's only joking, I say to Helen. And in response, Helen takes off her shoes and asks if she can rub her bare feet into my beard. I tell her yes, that she most certainly can. Then I call out to Mary to bring me in a mojito. I call out less because I am in need of beverage and more because I am curious to see the look on her face when she walks into the room to find her firstborn doing an upside-down moonwalk across my bewhiskered cheek. Mary stomps into the room, her hands mojito-less. Helen, she yells, go wash your feet. When we sit down to eat, I pull out the spinach salad I brought along from home. I dump it out of the Tupperware and into a big bowl. Mary stares at me appraisingly. What, I ask? A spinach salad, she says incredulously, with cranberries and goat cheese? Excuse me, milady. Look, I happen to like spinach, I say, suddenly ashamed. I don't get you, she says. Whatever happened to the Jonathan Goldstein who never felt a meal was complete without french fries? He died of a heart attack at 32, I say. The thing about having childhood friends is that they see any changes in your behavior since the age of 11 as a betrayal of your basic personality. If you're not collecting hockey cards with a face covered in chocolate, 
you're a pretentious ass. And so, as a nod to my 11-year-old self, I consider eating my salad with my hands. At the end of the evening, I stand on the porch and Mary stands in the doorway of her home. As we part, I thank her for the meal and encourage her to next time maybe consider cooking the chicken just a little less. I'm not finished saying my goodbyes when Mary tells me she doesn't want to let the heat out and rather abruptly slams the front door in my face. Hello? Mary, you know what I was just thinking? What? Whenever we say goodbye, you always hang up before I do. So? Every single time, consistently. I hear you hanging up into the receiver. That's right. People say goodbye, they hang up. But how quick are you? It's like it's not like a gun draw. It's like when you say goodbye, there's sort of a grace period. Like, literally, it's like goodbye. Like, I don't even know how you physically do it. Who cares? You say goodbye, you hang up. It's just like when I'm dropping you off. It takes you 10 minutes to get out of the car with your long, drawn-out goodbye. Do you want me to write you a check for all that gas that you've wasted over the years with your engine idling? No, it's more my time. It takes oh, so long to say goodbye to you. So we say goodbye, I hang up the no, phone. No, I know, but I mean, like, it, it's, 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 I don't know. I just find it vaguely hurtful. Look, that's because you're vaguely neurotic. Have you ever heard the, the, uh, of the psychoanalyst, the Freudian disciple, Karen Horney? No. She wrote that, you know, because they're always protesting that neurotics are healthier than people who are allegedly quote-unquote normal. Oh, and I'm sure that Karen Horney is a very normal person. Sometimes you don't even actually fully get the word goodbye out of your mouth before, like, you've already, like, hung up. Some people don't actually even say goodbye. Some people just hang up. Well, I've never heard of that. That's, that's for animals. You're being especially sensitive. What do you want us to do? Is say, okay, we're going to hang up in three, two, one, click. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not the kind of, I mean, I, it's just, it's been going on for years, you know, and I... For I, years? I, You've been holding this against me for years? No, I have not been holding it against first? you. I felt like, you know, we had a close enough friendship that I could, I could air my grievances with you no matter how small. Yeah. And petty and tiny and irrelevant. Why? Well, you know, I just, I have feelings okay. and I... Whatever. Why are you calling? Um, I, I, uh, I didn't end up buying those running shoes you told me to. Why not? I tried them on in the store, and when I looked down, yeah. I didn't even recognize my own feet. I felt, I, it was like I was being piggybacked by a stranger. I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm too vulnerable right now to be feeling alienated from my own feet. We spent an hour on the phone the other day talking about which running shoes that you should buy. It was not an hour. It was at least an hour, and I think we even emailed about these bloody running shoes. I told you which ones, just go buy the damn shoes. Yeah, but I... What I, were you expecting? What did you want your feet to look like when you were wearing them? I don't know, bigger maybe, or just less yellow. Yellow? There's light yellow stitching. How do you even see that? Do you need a pair of running shoes? doesn't matter what they they look like you're so neurotic it's like for me it takes at least a year to get used to shoes and even longer to get used to the people in my life and so i remain friends with people i sometimes think can hardly stand me i make a mental note to go out and buy the shoes but to wear them with my old familiar shoelaces during the transition process and as for dealing with old familiar friends, at least they often have children, new little humans who will indulge you with fresh, open hearts. It takes you forever to do anything. Yeah, I'm the worst. I'm terrible. Okay, could you do me a favor? Can you put Helen on the phone? No. That's who I was actually calling for, to be quite frank. I was just trying to be polite. 
Really? Yes. She's busy. She has her friend over. Just put on, it would be nice to speak to someone in your household who actually doesn't give me a hard time. I give you a hard time because you waste my time. It would time. be like a little bit of conversational cleansing sherbet after this meal of raw onions and, and bitter radishes. Okay, I'm going to go ask. I'll tell her you're on the phone, but I'm telling you, she's playing with her friend, you know, someone her own age that she enjoys playing with. Could you just put her on the telephone? Just make it short and sweet. A simple hello and that's uh, it. Otherwise, I'm going to hang up. And you know what? I'm going to hang up first. I feel like this is like a prison visit. Helen, come to the phone. Johnny wants to talk to you. Have fun. Hello? Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. It's so nice to hear your voice. <laughs> I was just uh, talking to your mom. What are you talking about? Ah, uh, you know... This and that. Stuff. Who, I, stuff. I don't even remember anymore. She, uh, your mom's really something else. You know that? She means well. Yeah, I guess so. So what's new? I guess, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to find a new pair of shoes for myself. Oh, I love shoes. You do? Yeah. W w what, do you, what do you like so much about them? I just like putting on new shoes. It feels so good and... You do? And I like the smell of new shoes. Well, what what what's your, what's your favorite kind of shoe? I like shoes that you can wear them like any day, not shoes that you just wear them sometimes. Yes, that's right. Like, like fancy. That's right. I feel yeah. the same way. That's what I'm trying to tell your mother. And you can't wear a shoe that has yellow in it every day. Am I right? Even if it is just you know a little bit of yellow stitching. It's only a little bit of yellow. A little bit of yellow. It's like saying a little bit pregnant. You, 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 yellow. A little bit of yellow in a shoe makes it a yellow shoe, and I can't wear yellow shoes. You're overreacting. Every day. I'm not overreacting. You sound like your mother now. I just want a shoe that I could feel comfortable in. You know that I could how look long, down at and feel. How long have you known my mother? Oh God, I I probably know your mom since we were both about your age. Wow. It's crazy, eh? That's a long time. And yet she's still your friend. What, what is that supposed to mean? I don't know. All right, all right. Can you do me a favor and uh, put your mother back on the telephone? Okay, hang on a second. Mom, Johnny wants to talk to you. Okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye, Helen. Talk to you later. Toodaloo. What? I thought we said goodbye. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to say I wanted to sign off again. Okay. Goodbye what, what, again. What, is there something wrong with that? No, it's very formal. Everything's such a big goodbye. deal with you, though. I'm your friend, and I want to say goodbye to you. What's wrong with that? Your goodbyes are too long. Just say goodbye. We already said goodbye. And we never said we goodbye. We can say goodbye again. We're having a conversation about saying goodbye. Now goodbye. I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. And remember what I taught you. I remember. You're very sensitive. Well, I bid you adieu. Goodbye. Again. Unbelievable. Yourself. All right. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Okay, take care. Yeah, you I'll, too. Okay, I'll, be well, okay? Okay, have a good night. You'll call me tomorrow. Okay. So you be well, sweetheart, and we'll talk again tomorrow. Okay, bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. 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 I'll talk to you later. This is my mother and me okay. at the end of a conversation. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye. My mother. Bye. A woman who knows how to say farewell. All right. Keeping the goodbyes aloft, bouncing back and forth like beach volleyballs. I'll talk to you later. Eventually, after much effort, I hang up the phone. Bye-bye. My farewells with my mother are always a duel of bye-byes that often last longer than the actual conversation itself. Difficulty parting is a family trait. When I was in high school, I earned the nickname Johnny Half an Hour because it took me that long to say goodbye. Sometimes I'll even keep telemarketers on the phone much longer than I should because I don't want to be overly abrupt. I call up my friend Gregor to ask him whether he has goodbye anxiety, and he tells me that he's dispensed with goodbyes altogether. I've recently begun ending my telephone conversations by shouting, Check this out! And then hanging up, he says. I believe it leaves the listener feeling not unlike they've just been punched in the nose. And why would you want to do that, I ask? A telephone conversation is like war, he says. But before he can finish, I hang up. No goodbye, no preamble. I've never done anything like that in my life. Feeling like I might actually be making some positive life changes, I settle into the couch for a victory nap. It isn't long before I am woken up by the ring of the phone. It's Gregor. Evidently, not only is he not a fan of goodbyes, he is also not a fan of hellos. Hello? You know what your problem is? You smell like okay, a toilet hang on a that s- you sprayed Windex into. You know what your problem is? I don't have any problem. Is that you, nev- you never say hello. What is a hello? What is wrong with a salutation? A salutation is a waste of time. It's like saying, how are you? Uh, why would I ask if I didn't want to know the answer? I don't care how you are. No, it's... You know how much time I save by not starting out? Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? How was your day? Oh, my day's good. How's your day going? Good. I just wanted to touch base. Oh, okay. You, you know, like, I, I, I think you're losing sight of why people communicate. Oh, really? Really, yeah. You don't call someone up and then, and then immediately launch into a, a, a tirade about what's wrong with them. The crisp essence of what I have to communicate just comes out right away. But what about the humanity? Humanity. Your attitude is is like wartime submarine crew talk. You know what I mean? And I think something's lost in the bargain. And you know how we win wars? By not wasting our time. But what are we saving our time for? For the important things in life, of course. If not sitting and chit-chatting with a friend, then what? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that what you think we we went to war WW2 for? To sit around and drink Cinzano in the cafes and discuss existentialism with their black berets and talk bad about the government? I don't think so, pal. What does World War II have to do with it? You're the one who said going to war. All I'm talking about is less is more. I learned this lesson from Lou Wasserman. Who's Lou Wasserman? Who's Lou Wasserman? Lou Wasserman invented the film industry. He invented Hollywood. Who's Lou Wasserman? Mm-hmm. He makes 500 phone calls every day. He was like 86 years old, and he doesn't ever say hello or goodbye. And when he writes emails, he doesn't have, like, speak to you soon, comma, Lou. He just made deals. That's it. It was pure essence, bone marrow, straight to the chase. No froth on the cappuccino. It was just espresso, a little shot glass full of it. And I'll tell you something else about Louis Wasserman. Mm-hmm. He didn't spell his name L-O-U-I-S that would take a half an hour to get through. He cut it down to the essential bare bones, L-E-W. That was Lou's style. So what are you suggesting, that I need like a CB trucker's name? Every day of your life, some poor sap is stuck saying your name, your long, unpronounceable name full of syllables. And if you had any consideration for anyone else, you might consider changing your name to something a little easier on the tongue. Like? Jago. Jago? Yeah, like J-Lo. Jennifer Lopez, big star. Maybe you heard of her. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Jago just did the Malibu triathlon, came in an hour behind Matthew McConaughey. News at 11. Now, 
Jonathan Goldstein is still zipping up his wetsuit at the starting line. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Here, I happen to have some archival tape right here of Lou Wasserman talking queued up. You want to hear it? Yeah. Check this out. Yes. Can you can you hear me? Yes. Hi. I, I can hardly hear what you're saying. I phone up my friend Warner to record our conversation for the radio show. Warner is in Kenya visiting the remote village where Barack Obama's father was born. I can hear loud music in the background as the village continues to celebrate Obama's inauguration. The A-list Obama family members are still in D.C. for the festivities. But Warner and I thought it might be interesting to find some Obamas who didn't make the cut, who are still back home, and then put them on the phone for me to talk with. But the only family Warner can find is an Uncle Yusuf, who refuses to speak to anyone. So we abandon that plan, and instead, Warner puts a student he's just met on the line. The student, a young man named David, has memorized Obama's victory speech in its entirety, and he begins to recite it to me over the phone. The connection is bad, and David's accent is so heavy that I can only make out the words, Joe Biden. In spite of this, I feel a great sense of pride and optimism coming through over the line. But after a while, I start to worry about how much a call from Canada to Kenya costs. David? Then I try to say goodbye. David? But the word won't seem to come out. David? David, can you hear me? Okay, I'm calling from Canada. This is going to be quite a bill. David? Hello. Hey, I need your help. Yeah. Our yoga mats are chakratastic. Now, is chakratastic one word, or should I hyphenate that? Chakratastic. What? What? What is that? What does that mean? Chakra energy points or something, and tastic means like fantastic. Right, or, I've, yes, okay. You know, if there's like a crab special at the seafood restaurant, they would say it's crabtastic. I, I hear you. The question and is, is it one word or is it hyphenated? The question is, why are you composing this sentence? <sighs> I, I have a new job with this yoga magazine thing, and I'm copy editing. You're, you're working at a yoga magazine? Yeah, that's right. I'm here in my uh, yoga cubicle. Wow, so how how are you liking it? Oh, uh, it's chakratastic. I, I think it's great. I, I, I've never felt more alive. Really? Well, that that's that's great. I, I can't take it here. I, I can't take it. They're driving what? me crazy. What, I, what, what, what are you talking about? It's like swimming in oatmeal 24 hours a day. Everything is just so granola-y and soggy. And I think someone even spilled a mug full of patchouli oil in front of my cubicle. It, that, it's overpowering. Th- that sounds terrible. But how did you even get hired for such a job? You don't know anything about yoga. I have a perfectly good explanation for that. Which is? I lied. Okay, I needed this job. I was prepared to do whatever it took. And if it meant talking about downward dog and upward dog, sideways dog with a lemon twist, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes, okay? What is the name of this magazine, anyway, that you're working for? (sighs) Openings. That's nice. But you know what? They don't even give you chairs here. 
What, what do you sit on? I sit on this, this yoga ball. I don't even think they use balls in yoga, but it's like a Swiss ball, and I don't think the Swiss do yoga, but that's what they gave me. Well, it's, it's supposed to be very good for your posture. Yeah, well, it, it isn't, okay, because I'm always nodding off and sliding off this stupid ball, mm-hmm. and I fall flat on my spine, and you know what? Not helping the posture. And every time I hit the floor with that thud, they know it's Joshua Carpatti um, slacking off again, literally and figuratively. Not on the ball, as it were. Very nice. How very nice. Hey, you know what? I love wordplay. Why don't you ask if they're burning incense in the office, and I can tell you how incensed that makes me. Huh? How insensitive of you. Uh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Tom. Yeah, I'll have those for you in, in, in about five. Okay, yeah, Shanti. Yeah, it, <clears throat> Shanti V2. Shanti, did you did you hear that guy? Did you hear that? No, Tom, I, okay? I, that's my that's my karmic supervisor. He's your what? Yeah, um, he's my boss, but we don't call them boss. You don't call here. them. Uh-huh. He's my yogi. Okay, right. And 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 speaking of yogi, everybody talks like Yoda here. Go on, ask me a question. Um, uh, do do you have a benefits plan at work? It is not how the work will benefit you, but how you will benefit from the work. That's how they answer you. Yeah, I don't even know if I have benefits. I don't know. I just feel I just feel alien here. You know, I, I feel like I, I don't belong. I don't I don't talk the talk. I don't I don't bend the bend. I mean, you know, they talk about closeness here and they talk about togetherness mm-hmm. and the oneness. The oneness. They will fire me for not going along with the oneness. Okay, mm-hmm. I will be the firedness. Okay, it's been made very clear to me. Yeah. You know, it's just repulsive, but I have to you know go along with it just to fit in. Hey, let me give you an example. Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. group hug at the what end of the day. Group hug? Yeah, a group hug, okay, to, to send you off into the weekend. Wow. You know, with, with, with the right energy, with the right balance. Wow. And, and uh, we start hugging before I come in the room. You know, I come in the room, the hug's already in progress, and it's like no one like lets me know. And I come in and I try to join the hug, you know, join in the oneness because I don't mm-hmm. want to get fired. And, and to, their bodies stiffen when I try to hug them. Oh, okay. I'm sure you're just imagining that. No, no, they're, they're, it's, it's like they, they, they pull away. Look, I mean, you know, maybe it's a, it's a kind of thing that, you know, it's going to take some time to get used to. And what, oh, that's the stuff. What are you, what are you, what are you drinking? Uh, that's um, what I call my um, yogic energy drink, otherwise known as Jameson's. You're drinking whiskey on the job? Yes, I'm drinking whiskey on the job, okay? It's the only way that I can cope. You don't understand what it's like I don't here. understand. What, you keep a bottle of whiskey on your cubicle desk? Well, I mean, not in the open. I drink out of this earthenware Guatemalan yoga cup thing. I I, I don't know what it is, okay? I don't, know what, I don't know what any of this stuff is. All right, look. I, I, just, I, I don't know what to do at this point, you know? It's, okay. I need the money. I need uh, the I understand. Okay, Josh, just calm I down, okay? Calm. See, this is what they say to me. They say, just calm down. There, there have been a lot of complaints about me. Have there? They say well, I throw the energy waves into misalignment. Well, you know, maybe they... I... And no one eats around here. You know, I brought in a smoked meat sandwich, right, the other day for mm-hmm. lunch. You know, not trying to not trying to press my beliefs on anyone. Just going to have some lunch. Mm-hmm. Secretary, front desk, threw up. She threw up? She threw up, okay, practically on top of my sandwich. And I'm the one that had to apologize to her you, for you... misaligning her. I'm wow. Yeah. I, I they won't even let me. They won't. They won't let me heat up my jerky in the microwave. Only lentil patties. I mean, it's, it's everyone here is a walking stereotype. They would be laughed out of India. Well, you know, jo- Josh. I mean, frankly, you know, you you could stand to eat less meat, and and maybe they have a point. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe you could benefit by some you know of this what? stuff. I, I don't believe it. This is not therapy. Okay, this is a job. Look, this I'm, is just a way for me to make money. I I'm, don't I, look. All I'm saying is, you know, maybe in this situation, you, you wouldn't be wrong to like, you know, open up your third eye. What's the matter with you? Well, now you're appropriating their jargon. I, you're always taking their side. Doesn't matter who the they are. You're always just going. Sure, Tom. 
Just give me one second. I'll just finish up with the client. Yes, sir. So I'll put you down for the two-year or the five-year subscription to openings. Right, because the five-year is the one that comes with the free yoga mat and tote bag. That's right. Uh, just give me a moment and I'll, we'll finish up. Thank you. Josh, are you, are you there? Yeah. Is, is everything okay? Define okay. Do you still have a job? No. No, I don't. Oh, Josh, I'm really, really sorry. But I mean, you know, th- this is what you wanted, right? I mean, you weren't, you weren't happy. <sighs> no, no, I really wasn't. So, what, 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 Tom say to you? Would he say you're, you're, he had to snuff out your incense candle, or you know, time to roll up your yoga mat? I believe his exact words were, "You are terminated if you do not leave in five minutes. You will be tasered out the door by security." Wow. Talk about harshing your mellow. Uh, I gotta get out of here. Only have three and a half minutes. Yeah, I better let you go. No one's coming over to say goodbye. No one's even making eye contact with me. Yeah, where are your group hugs now? Josh. It's wonderful. Uh, well, come on. Why don't you come by the office? There's a cafeteria here. We can have some smoked meat. Okay. You got some of that whiskey left? Uh, yeah. So just bring it on by. All right. I'll be there in 10 minutes. All right. Look out, great Satan coming through. Look out for the great Satan. What, what, oh, you can't even look at me? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And everybody remember the big office mystery? Why the crisper smells like roast beef? Newsflash. That's because I put roast beef in there. I like roast beef. On Wiretap Today, you heard Mary-Claude Pallet, Helen Pallet-Wiesel, Dina Goldstein, Gregor Ehrlich, Gregory Warner, David Opiano, and Joshua Carpati. Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein, with Mira Berkwintonic and Carolyn Warren. Production assistance from Crystal Duhame. Tune into Wiretap Sunday at 1, 4 Pacific Time, and Wednesday evening at 11.30. Reach us through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap, where you can download this week's official wiretap ringtone. Look out, great Satan coming through. Where are your group hugs now? Announce yourself as a proud member of the wiretap army with every ring of your phone. 